Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour's talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great, great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to share this hour together at 4 o'clock Eastern Time on these domestic church media radio stations and on all of our audio platforms, however you listen or watch, because we are coming to you live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media so you can watch the program also on our facebook page at facebook.com slash domestic church media also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org so listen or watch however you are doing that uh, using any one of our other audio platforms our streaming audio from our website or if you have I hope you have downloaded our free Domestic Church Media mobile app. You can listen and watch on the app. Actually, both both the platforms are available there. Or if you have the Amazon Echo or Google Home devices, all you have to do is say, play Domestic Church Media, and we'll stream live on those devices as well. Going around the world uh, in any way we can, getting the word out, spreading the gospel, bringing the good news to people every day, 24-7 here at Domestic Church Media. And I'm happy. And uh, joyful, my friends, that you're here with me on this beautiful October 27th. And um, hard to believe, October 27th already, 2020. But uh, I guess like uh, everybody else, <laughs> we're just waiting for this year to get out of here. It has been quite a year and uh, more to come, right? More to come. As we now draw closer, only one week away from our uh, presidential election, uh, I did read uh, a few days ago that the witches in this country, and there are many, I mean, literally, people who say there are witches, uh, are putting a spell on President uh, President Trump. So, I just pulled a Joe Biden. <laughs> President Trump. Nobody knows what day or year it is, what time it is, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so the witches are after him. <laughs> I don't know. And I, you know, I just, we just all wish that we could just live in peace, you know, and just live according to God's holy will. And that really, you know, our prayer for this uh, very big election that's coming up uh, next week is we pray that the people, starting from the, 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 the Oval Office down to all the other elected officials, are those individuals who are there according to God's will. This God's will be done. That should be our prayer. That should be our prayer. I know I, last night I watched um, as uh, Supreme now Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney uh, Barrett was uh, given the oath, and I thought how how happy God must be. Here's a woman who uh, is a faithful Catholic, a beautiful a wife and mother of seven, two adopted children and one special needs child. 
and now sitting on a court uh, to interpret the Constitution as required. Um, so things, you know. <laughs> but I think we're all tired, right? I know I'm tired. I'm tired. Anyway, let's pray. It is Tuesday, and uh, we're going to pray our prayer for the United States. And I don't know if you're with us on Friday for the Friday program, but uh, as of Friday, we have sent out all 5,000, or I should say 4,998, because we have two here in the studio, cards that uh, we, we printed up back in July. So 5,000 of these cards have been sent out. <laughs> scattered about the country and the world. I think there were a few that were erected from other 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 countries praying for us. And so a lot of prayers being prayed, and uh, thanks to all of you who have requested them and are distributing them. Unfortunately, we don't have any left. I should say fortunately but we, have, we have none left because that means they're all out there, which is great news, right? Well, let's pray this prayer to our Blessed Mother under the title of the Immaculate Conception as Patroness of Our Land. Uh, and to the Most Holy Trinity for our country, for all those intentions that we have. As I said, you know, our main prayer request should be that God's will be done and that we vote. Number one, it's a, it's a, it's a moral obligation to vote in this country. And that we vote with a well-formed Catholic conscience. Over 60 million strong in this country. Catholics must vote with a well-formed Catholic conscience. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in Heaven who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our President and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, and also our prayer to Our Lady again under the beautiful title, uh, under the uh, beautiful ancient prayer of uh, the Sultum Presidium. Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray these prayers a couple of years ago every day. He said to pray every day to St. Michael and pray this beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady every day with the specific intention to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And we've also added on to that intention to protect the United States of America from the attacks of the devil. 
You know, the witches aren't happy out there in this country. And, uh, hey. So we pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, again, and as always, my friends, I thank you for praying together, and uh, we'll keep praying. You know, we'll just keep praying uh, for all of these special needs. Uh, between the, the pandemic this year and the unrest, the social and civil unrest, uh, the political division uh, and the uh, polarization that people feel. Um, now, I'm going to share something with you today, uh, a couple things, actually. Um Holy Father Pope Francis over the weekend uh, was given a beautiful little teaching on Our Lady. And uh, then I also want to share with you, uh, I, uh, I guess it was from a general audience back in 1986, <laughs> 34 years ago, uh, from St. Pope John Paul II on the devil. And you know, we just have to really take this seriously, that there is enormous evil in the world. Jesus himself said that, that Satan is the prince of this world. And the prince of darkness, the prince of confusion, the prince of, of, of division, the prince of lies, the prince of hatred, you know, he's very active. And we have to seriously uh, take that into consideration in our world today, when we talk about what's what's happening and what's going on, and um, you know, these things are are very very real and very serious. And so today, as I said, I, I, there's one um, teaching here from John Paul from 1986 on the devil. Uh, I do want to also share with you from. Uh, our Holy Father, and this was from Saturday, I'm just pointing it up here in front of me. Um, you know, the old days, I used to print all this out and bring papers into the studio. I don't do it anymore. It's all right here on my little my little Chromebook. Uh, this was this, this past Saturday where the Holy Father said that the times we live in, this is from Pope Francis, just on Saturday, the times we live in are times of Mary. And you know, we know the battle is real. We, we know that Our Lady will crush the head of Satan. Satan knows the end of the story. He knows he's done. But in the meantime, between now and when our Lord returns in his triumphant glory, the devil is trying to drag as many souls into the pits of hell with him as possible. But we know that he has enormous fear, of course, of our Lord. But he also fears the Blessed Mother. And Pope Francis on 
I guess this was this was yesterday, actually yesterday, not over the weekend. Yesterday, yesterday was twenty six. No, no, twenty fourth. Yeah, it wasn't over the weekend. Um, Saturday, the Holy Father said that the times we live in, he said, and this is a quote, are the times of Mary. Um, and he was speaking uh, on the uh, event marking the seventieth anniversary of the foundation of the Pontifical Theological Faculty. Marianum in Rome, and I've heard students and professors from the theological faculty uh, over there at the uh, Fall of the Sixth Hall. And he said that we are living in the time of the Second Vatican Council. Now, what does that mean? He said, No other council in history has given Mariology as much space as that dedicated to it by Chapter 7 of Lumen Gentium, which concludes and in certain sense summarizes the entire dogmatic constitution on the church, the Holy Father said. Pope Francis, again, these are the words of Pope Francis on the 24th, which is what, Saturday? This tells us that the times we live in are the times of Mary. He said, but we need to rediscover Our Lady from the perspective of the Council. He said, just as the Council brought to light the beauty of the church, by returning to the sources and removing the dust that had settled on it over the centuries, so Mary's wonders can be rediscovered best by going to the heart of her mystery. And he highlighted the importance of Mariology. That's the theological study of the Blessed Mother. He said we could ask ourselves, does Mariology serve the church and the world today? Obviously, Pope Francis said, the answer is yes. To go to Mary's school is to go to the school of faith and life. She, teacher because disciple, teaches well the basics of human and Christian life. So Holy Father is saying that in Lumen Gentium, the dogmatic constitution of the church, uh, an entire chapter was devoted to the Blessed Mother, which is a, a first, really, for uh, these types of councils. And he said, what we need to do, based on those teachings from the Council of Fathers from the Second Vatican Council, was to rediscover the wonders of Mary, going to what he said would be the heart of her mystery. Now, you know, we're raised as Catholics to have an enormous devotion to the Blessed Mother. Probably one of the first prayers we learn to pray as a child, is the Hail Mary, right? We pray those prayers. Uh, most Catholic homes, I know when I was growing up, there were statues and pictures of the Blessed Mother. There were rosaries. Uh, people wore miraculous medals. There was enormous devotion to Our Lady. Um, that may have waned a little bit, even though the Second Vatican Council put enormous emphasis on the importance, obviously, of Mary and salvation history. And people may have, have have walked away from that and those devotions uh, for a couple of decades there. John Paul, St. Pope John Paul II, of course, on his coat of arms, it said, Totus Tuus, uh, all for you, to Jesus through Mary. And we know he had an enormous devotion to our Blessed Mother. And, you know, when Pope Francis was first elected in uh, 2013, on that March 13th, the very next day, the very next day, 
after his, you know, he came, it was elected in the evening on that, on that uh, rainy Rome night. We were there. We were blessed to be there, to be right under. We were probably as close to the Holy Father in that crowd in St. Peter's Square as you could get. We were right up against the gate. There was nobody in front of us. We were underneath the loggia, as close to it as you can get anyway, given the barricades. Around 7 o'clock at night, he, he was introduced. The rain stopped, and he came out, and he asked for prayer. He said, please pray for me. Please pray for me. Let's pray the Our Father together. But the very next day, his first full day as the Vicar of Christ, he went to St. Mary Major in Rome one of the major basilicas, to dedicate his papacy to her, to our Blessed Mother, and knelt before the statue of the Blessed Mother in that beautiful basilica of St. Mary Major. So he has, throughout his papacy, had an enormous devotion to Our Lady. Probably has had it all, his entire priesthood. But this past Saturday, again, he said, we need to ask ourselves, or we should ask ourselves, does Mariology serve the Church and the world today? Is this some type of ancient devotion or archaic devotion or old-fashioned devotion that, uh, you know, the old old women in the church would be praying the rosary and that was their thing, and but we're beyond that now? Absolutely not, he said. The answer to this, does Mariology serve the church in the world today? The answer, obviously, Pope Francis said, is yes. Because we go to Mary's school, and what is Mary's school? The school of faith and life, he said. She is both teacher and disciple, and teaches well the basics of human and Christian uh, Christian life. The Holy Father focused on Mary's role as a mother and as a woman. He said that the Church also possessed these two characteristics. Our Lady rendered God our brother, and as a mother, she can render the, ch- the Church and the world more fraternal. The Church needs to rediscover her maternal heart, which beats for unity. But our faith also, I'm sorry, our earth also needs to rediscover, to return to being the home of all her children. This whole past, well, a number, a few years now, there's been such enormous division in our country and in our church. There's been a very strong polarization, you know, as an American and as a Catholic, I have... It's pained me, the, the, the vision in both our, our country, but especially in our church. And Pope Francis said that the church needs to rediscover the maternal heart of the Blessed Mother, which beats for unity. You know, I was praying, um, um, I don't know if it was, it was midday prayer today or night prayer last night, but the reading was from, from St. Paul on we are many parts of the same body. You know, and we may be in different, um, different places, emotionally, uh, spiritually, but we are all called as disciples of Christ to be of the same body. And 
the disunity in our church today, is, to me, is very disturbing. I just, it just really bothers me. <laughs> you know, we've heard a lot recently about the Holy Father and what was said in, the, in that documentary, what he said, what he meant, why isn't he clarifying it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can't answer for the Holy Father, um, but uh, I, it, what, it's been brought to light, what I suspected in the beginning was that that film and the piece that they're focusing on, the few seconds of what the Holy Father said regarding um, laws to protect civil unions, so they say, that's what he said, um, was, were different interviews that were spliced together. Of course, the call for clarification is out there, and that's not come yet. And the whole thing is just, I just see it as, as the work of the devil, who's the father of division. Uh, I'm not defending, you know, if the Holy Father said what he said. I don't know what he said. <laughs> he knows what he said. And he hasn't clarified it. So, but, but we, 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 we do know. If you base your opinion on this particular Holy Father, Pope Francis, and take the whole picture, take out the little little thorns there that maybe you're pricking you for a moment, rightfully or not, and look at the entire picture. They said, I, here's, a whole, here's a man who the very first day of his entire pontificate went and to the major basilica, basilica dedicated to the Blessed Mother and dedicated his papacy to her. Here he is, seven years later, talking about the importance of, of going to Mary. This is Mary's time. He, just a, a few weeks ago, was talking about, once again, spreading the devotion to St. Michael the Archangel to fight the evil in the world. Um, you know, these things need to be taken serious, as, seriously as well. These are actions that are very clear um, as he spoke on Saturday that the church needs to rediscover the maternal heart of Mary he said he's a world without mothers Pope Francis said which focused on prophets alone would have no future the institution that he was talking to this Marianum is called to be a fraternal institution not only through the beautiful family atmosphere that distinguishes you but also by opening new possibilities for collaboration with other institutions, which will help to broaden horizons and keep up with the times. Reflecting on the womanhood of Mary, Pope Francis said, as the mother makes the church a family, so the woman makes us a people. He said it was no coincidence that popular piety was centered on Mary. It's important that Mariology follows it with care, promotes it, sometimes purifies it, always paying attention to the signs of the Marian times that run through our age. And the Holy Father observed that women played an essential role in salvation history and that therefore they, would, uh, they were essential for both the church and the world. You know, I don't, people always talk about the church being so uh, male-dominated, right, and the male hierarchy, et cetera, et cetera. But I bet you can go through any other religion and not find a, an organized religion that for 2,000 years has lifted up women as leaders in the church. Look at all the, beginning with our Blessed Mother, but look at all the, the um, women saints that have been raised and doctors of the church. <laughs> that 
you know, you have to stop and take a step back and say, what if the church does that? You know, the Catholic Church has raised women to this, these enormous heights of, of, of importance and, and uh, uh, on, on par and equal to uh, the men. Beginning with them, though I do remember, and I use the quote a lot, that uh, um, um, Dr. Scott Hahn one time said that the church didn't make Mary great. God made Mary great by choosing her from among all women to be uh, the mother of his son. Yet, since the time of our Lord and, and our Blessed Mother, when they walked this earth, and ever since, for 2,000 years, the church has elevated women to uh, heights of enormous uh, prominence in our church that we do have. And long before, probably they were even, uh, you know, it was considered very normal for women to be um, human physicians and doctors and scholars. The church made, made women in our church, women saints, uh, and raised them to the level of doctors of the church great scholars and teachers before it was even considered to be uh, a, a natural thing in, in the eyes of the contemporary world. So the church is always, and there's that beautiful letter that St. Pope John Paul II wrote to women, which if you have never read it, you should. It's on, on the Vatican website, www.vatican.ca, and go to the John Paul II section and uh, search for and look up letter to women. A beautiful document. But Holy Father Pope Francis over the weekend said that women have played an essential role in salvation history, and they are essential to the church and the world. He said, but how many women do not receive the dignity due them? Women who brought God into the world must be able to bring their, her gifts in history. Her ingenuity and style are needed. Theology needs it, Pope Francis said, so that it is not abstract and conceptual, but sensitive, narrative, alive. Mariology, he said in particular can help bring to culture also through art and poetry, the beauty that humanizes and instills hope. And it is called to seek more worthy spaces for women in the church because starting from the common baptismal dignity. Because the church, as I said, is, is, is woman like Mary. The church is a mother like Mary. You know, we refer to uh, the church in the feminine. She, mother church. And the church, like Mary, uh, is a mother. And our Blessed Mother, down through the ages, has, again, played such an important part in the life of the Church, but also in the lives of we who are members of this Church. The Holy Father, again, on Saturday, said that the times we live in are the times of Mary. And, you know, now, my friends, more than ever, we've been doing it every day, as you know, and the bishops have been doing it. There's a, actually a novena going on right now uh, by the USCCB. Uh, I, I think I did post it on our uh, Facebook page, but if you, it began yesterday, but again, don't get hung up on the days. Just do it. It's just a reflection, a very short reflection for each day. And then the uh, Our Father, Hail Mary and Glory be are prayed. And it's a novena leading up to the election. And as you know, nobody has to tell you, this is probably the most important election, presidential election we've had in our lifetime because of the um, 
differences, stark differences, in the party platforms of the Republicans and Democrats. And as we talked about, and again, we're not endorsing any political candidate, any person, but all we need to be doing here, our responsibility is just to keep pressing the fact that you as a citizen of this country, but ultimately as a citizen of heaven, <laughs> as a Catholic especially, have an obligation to vote, your civic duty, but also an obligation as a Catholic to vote with a well-formed Catholic conscience. We have placed this entire country under the patronage of Mary, under the title of the Immaculate Conception. I say we, I mean the bishops um, have done that. And we're praying to Our Lady now in these times, which Holy Father said are the times of Mary, asking our Blessed Mother to protect our country. Take, as we pray in our prayer every day, take this country, present it to the, to the Most Holy Trinity. We are in desperate need for protection from the devil. And I'm going to get to Holy Father St. Pope John Paul II next to the segment uh, as he taught back in 1986 on the devil. And we mustn't just sweep that under the rug. We have to uh, realize and recognize that the devil is very real, evil is very real, and this country, which has been a beacon of light for so many, for over 240 years, I'm here because my ancestors came here to start a new life back at the turn of the century, of the last century from Italy. All, I'm all Italian, so all my ancestors came from Italy. They, they, they emigrated from Italy to here because there was opportunity and freedom. I'm doing what I'm doing because of their decision to leave their home country to come here, as have millions upon millions of others. And we want to ensure that this country remains that beacon of light a beacon of hope and freedom for all people. So we go to our Blessed Mother in a special way and ask for that special protection and needs. As Holy Father said, the times of Mary. I'll take a break. When I come back, a St. Pope John Paul II on the devil. I said, don't go away. More to come on Come to Me. <laughs> all over America. What have you done for your marriage today? Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, I cooked breakfast for my wife. I came to pick up the kids, told her to stay home and relax. I did his laundry. Made the bed for my wife because she usually does, and I even put the pillows in the right place. She was thrilled. What have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. 
You want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate domestic church media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to domestic church media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate domestic church media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How did a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, Listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer, therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six million people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our Baptist to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Ewing to Union Beach. Pipes down to Hughesville, Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Burlington to Bradley Beach. Seagirt to Foxwood. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends. Always a joy to be here with you on this October 27th, 2020. Uh, hoping you are having a blessed day. And thank you for taking some time out of your day and out of the busyness of your day to share this time with me. And uh, just a moment, I'm going to share with you from August of 1986, a general audience teaching from St. Pope John Paul II on the devil. 
You know, we're coming up this weekend to Halloween. Not my favorite. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. My father, God rest his soul, told me when he was growing up, uh, he was born in 1921, so when he was growing up in Hoboken, New Jersey, and Weehawken, where he moved to eventually, but, you know, that part of the state over there on the Hudson, that they didn't trick-or-treat on Halloween. He was saying on Halloween, uh, rather on Thanksgiving, they would they would dress up like ragamuffins, you know, whatever a ragamuffin is. They'd dress up like a ragamuffin. And they would go to the neighbor's houses with a, a pillowcase or some sort of sack. And the people would put food in their uh, satchels there to take back to their Thanksgiving dinner. So they didn't do that on Halloween. Um, I think there's a film from 19, I'm going to say 44, you might remember it, um, Meet Me in St. Louis with Judy Garland. But there was a scene in there on Halloween, and it was supposed to have taken place at the turn of the century, the turn of the 20th century, where the little children were, it was Halloween, but they didn't really trick or treat, but they, they dressed up. But not like scary things. When I was growing up and you were growing up, probably, uh, you know, we would dress up, put a sheet over yourself to be a ghost, or you'd put, you know, I used to dress up like a bum with some charcoal on my face, like I was unshaven, get an old tattered jacket and tie, and, uh, you know, it was pretty harmless. But there was a time that changed, and all of a sudden Halloween became very, very too, for me, my, my taste anyway, became too, uh, too much attached to the occult. And that bothered me. Still bothers me. I I, I don't. <laughs> we laugh about it. But it's true. I past number of years, I, I I turned my lights out in my house and don't answer the door. <laughs> I'm just not into it now. I have three little grandchildren who may be dressing up, but I think they're going to come here on Friday and trick or treat. So I'll give them some. They're dressing up as silly things. But anyway, there's just such a presence of evil in the world, and um. As I said earlier, we have to take the devil seriously because he's very real and very active. Again, again, this is not a statement, a political statement, but I did read that there are covens of witches. This is true. There are covens of witches in this country who have said they are putting a spell on President Trump on Election Day. They claim they put a spell on him at, on the uh, his most recent debate. Why the coven of witches are picking on Donald Trump? You figure it out. Um, you know, we saw a result last night of one of his uh, very important decisions to put a someone like <clears throat> Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. Um, anyway, there's evil out there. Let's let's see what John Paul said back in 1986. Uh, he said. This is a general audience, August 13, 1986. Satan wishes to destroy life lived in accordance with the truth. Life in the fullness of good. The supernatural life of grace and love. 
Just those two words together, Satan and destroy. That, that, they go hand in hand. That's his mission. To destroy, isn't it? To destroy life. And that should be very evident in our country. I mean, my goodness. You know, uh, I don't know if you heard the news, because we live over in Bucks County, so we get the Philadelphia news, but last night there was an incident in, 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 an incident in Philadelphia where uh, an individual was, was shot by police officers who claimed that he was coming at them with a knife, and they shot him, and he died, sadly. But last night there was looting and rioting and stealing and, and all types of, of things going on. This is what we've become. And why? I, 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 why? John Paul said in 1986, as the result of the sin of our first parents, this fallen angel, Satan, has acquired dominion over man to a certain extent. This is the doctrine that has been constantly professed and proclaimed by the Church and which the Council of Trent confirmed in its treatise on original sin. Pope John Paul II said in sacred scripture, we find various indications of this influence on man and on the dispositions of his spirit and of his body. In the Bible, Satan is called the prince of this world and even the god of this world from 2 Corinthians. John Paul said, according, according to sacred scripture, and especially the New Testament, the do dominion and influence of Satan and of the other evil spirits embraces the world. Now, this is 1986. And it's scripture that says that, the New Testament. The dominion and the influence of Satan and of the other evil spirits embraces the world. The action of Satan consists primarily in tempting men to evil by influencing their imaginations and higher faculties to turn them away from the law of God. It is possible that in certain cases, the evil spirit goes so far as to exercise his influence not only on material things, but even on man's body, so that one can speak of diabolical possession. It's not always easy to discern the uh, uh, a preternatural factor oper operative in these cases, and the church does not lightly support the tendency to attribute many things to the direct action of the devil, but in principle, it cannot be denied that Satan can go to this extreme manifestation of the superiority of his will to harm and to lead to evil. He said, to conclude, we must add that the impressive words of the Apostle John, from, John, uh, from 1 John uh, chapter 5, the whole world lies under the power of the evil one allude also to the presence of Satan in history of, of humanity, a presence which becomes all the more acute when man and society depart from God. And I, and I guess that's one of the greatest fears we have in this country. And we've seen this happening for many years now, where there has been, in the American way of life, a departure from God publicly. We still have the freedom to worship as we wish right now. Um, we have the freedom of religion 
right now. But it used to be that an individual, the way he lived his or her life, had no problem expressing their faith uh, in, in a very open manner and way in the public forum and public square without objection. Now, that has become uh, not only looked down upon, but, but uh, in some cases legally demanded that you can't do that. When they started removing nativity scenes from public you know, spaces, when people were told to stop saying Merry Christmas because you're offending people, uh, when people were, were uh, you know, when prayer was taken out of the schools back in the 1960s. It wasn't always that way. In a nation that its, it's motto says, in God we trust, and in its, its declaration of independence says that all men are created equal and given by their creator unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our, our, our founding documents uh, speak very freely of, of God, our creator, and father. And you see the, the, the tendency today and, and the, the push to get God out well, when you allow God to be removed, that leaves an enormous void that will very quickly be tried to, uh, try to be filled by the enemy of God into the hearts and minds of individuals and into the soul of the nation. I mean, it's evident. All, all we have to do is look, look around. And see the resistance when there is a, when there are attempts. You know, I, again, I, I, it's hard not to be political when you have things going on that are so blatantly anti-God. You know, what was the, the biggest objection to the uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Barrett? were her, her pro-life leanings, personal pro-life uh, uh, professions. Her, her, her faith, although they didn't want to attack her faith directly, because it is close to an election, were, you know, if those um, confirmation hearings were held in, in the middle of a term somewhere, you would have heard a lot more about her Catholic faith. Of course, the, the, you know, the, the catchphrase is, your, your dogma lives loudly within you. That, that people are making T-shirts of that, because that should be worn as a badge of honor. Thank you very much. <laughs> if the dogma is living loudly within me, that means I'm doing the best I can to live my faith, I think. But become so uh, twisted up and, 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 and skewed and, and, and uh, misdirected. And it wasn't always that way. But see, this is the surreptitiousness of Satan. This is what he does. This is how he acts. This is how he works. This is his M.O. This is how he operates. And Holy Father St. Pope John Paul II said that uh, this is the presence of evil which becomes all the more acute when man and society depart from God. John Paul said this fall, the fall of man, which was, has the character of the rejection of God with the consequent state of damnation, 
consists in the free choice of those created spirits who have radically and irrevocably rejected God and his kingdom, usurping his sovereign rights and attempting to subvert the economy of salvation and the very order of the entire universe. We find a reflection of this attitude in the words addressed by the tempter to our first parents. You will become like God or like gods. Thus the evil spirit tries to transplant into man the attitude of rivalry and subordination and opposition to God, which has, as it were, become the motivation of all his existence. So when you see the opposition to God and things of God and things that are holy, and when you see opposition to, to people who are trying to live their life in that way, there is a battle. I mean, I felt that, I'm sure most of you have experienced that at one time or another as you have tried to live your faith. Sometimes I feel, if I am in the presence of someone, and I don't want to get too extreme on this, but if I'm in the presence of someone who has, in one way or another, an evil spirit attached to him or her, and they can do that to all of us, by the way, if we let it, there is, I see a resistance, I feel a resistance, I feel a something there that is, is, and this can happen to people who try to live good, holy lives, too, you know. We can all be affected by that. Not to scare you, but it can happen. We're not exempt. No one's exempt. I mean, Blessed Mother was. Our Lord was. The rest of us, we're vulnerable because of our fallen nature. Pope uh, John Paul said, when, by an act of his own free will, he rejected the truth that he knew about God. Satan became the cosmic liar and the father of lies. For this reason, he lives in radical and ir irreversible denial of God and seeks to impose on creation, on all, uh, on, on the other beings created in the image of God, and in particular on people, his own tragic lie about the good that is God. In the book of Genesis, we find a precise description of this lie and falsification of the truth about God, which Satan, under the form of a serpent, tries to transmit to the first representatives of the human race. God is jealous of his own prerogatives and therefore wants to impose limitations on man. Satan invites the man to free himself from the imposition of this yoke by making himself like God. Doesn't that still happen today? Doesn't that still happen? that people try to free themselves from what they see as an imposition. Why does the church tell us not to do this and not to do that and don't do this and don't do that? And that's wrong. Because those are the things that separate us from God. Those are the things that are of the world that restrict our freedom. And so Satan is behind it all. Uh, St. Pope John Paul II, on this condition of exist existential falsehood, Satan, according to St. John, also becomes a murderer. That is, one who destroys the supernatural life which has made uh, to dwell from the beginning in him and in the creatures made in the likeness of God, the other pure spirits of men, the influence of the evil spirit can conceal itself in a more profound and effective way. 
it is in his interest to make himself unknown. See, Satan is very cunning. Satan has the skill in the world to induce people to deny the existence in the name of rationalism and of every other system of thought which seeks all possible means to avoid recognizing his activity. People become blind to the influence of the enemy, the prince of darkness. They don't realize it sometimes. And, you know, we, we, we can look around at the, whatever situation we want, whether it be in the political scene or, or entertainment or even in our, in our own organizations or apostates or families, sadly sometimes, the influence of Satan and his presence, and people become uh, numb to that and, and, and fail to recognize that. He has that, that skill, as Pope John Paul said, to induce people to, to deny his existence. Um, this does not, however, John Paul said, signify the elimination of man's free will and responsibility, and even less, the frustration of the saving action of, of Christ. The Christian, appealing uh, to the Father and the Spirit of Jesus and invoking the kingdom, cries with the power of faith. John Paul said, let us not succumb to temptation. Free us from evil. Free us from the evil one, O Lord. Let us not fall into the infidelity to which we are seduced by the one who has been unfaithful from the beginning. The encyclical uh, Dominium et Vivicatum uh, was issued May 18, 86. This is what it was from, uh, or he's referring to. There was a lengthy section on the, uh, the devil himself. The, the point of this, my friends, and you can read it at length if you want. You just, I just, you can Google John Paul II, the devil, and <laughs> it will come up with some August of '86. It's to remind us then, 34 years ago, uh, as Pope Francis has reminded us often during his pontificate about the actions of the devil, the reality of the devil, the, 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 the fact that we are in a battle, in a war. And I've seen some things going around that we're in the final battle, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. No one knows the day or the hour. Uh, uh, Sister Lucia, the seer of Fatima, had written a letter back in, in, in the 1940s saying that the final battle would be between Satan and the family. And boy, oh boy, have we seen the family under attack over these past few years. And in, in such vile ways to even attempt to redefine what the family is and to redefine marriage that we know cannot be redefined. Marriage, by its very definition, is the union between one man and one woman for life. That's it, as God ordained it to be. No, no court can change that. No legislature. Uh, legislature can change that. No rationalization can change that. But people don't want to hear that. You become a bigot if you speak that. You become homophobic if you speak that. Uh, you become uh, a, a, a hater if you speak that. But that's the devil. That's the lie of the enemy. He incites us and pits one against the other. 
You know, our church teaches that we are called to love all people. And when it comes to those individuals who have same-sex attraction, we are still called to love them. We, we don't condone uh, any action that would, would be offensive to God between two members of the same sex. But we certainly are called to love all people. And the devil will even use that to make people rash. Mother Angelica used to use a great um, term, I think it was misguided compassion, <clears throat> where we become so compassionate toward an individual that we would begin to tolerate a sinful behavior. That is, that too is the work of the devil. So the point of this is just be aware of that. And even in how the devil can influence any one of us, you know, none of us is exempt from temptation. Temptation in itself is not a sin, and temptations will come uh, from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, and temptation is not a sin of an, uh, by itself. It's how we respond to that temptation when we, we may fall into sinful behavior. The devil is always after us, and the more we try to live out our faith, the more we try to live a holy uh, life, the devil will come after us. He does not want you to be holy. He does not want you uh, to be a saint. He, he wants you down in the pits of hell with him for all eternity. Uh, and, and the battle rages on. So we know, as Holy Father said in the first segment, that these are times of Mary. Go to the Blessed Mother. She will protect you. She will protect your family, especially from the wiles of the enemy. Okay, i got to go tomorrow, Wednesday already, uh, midweek. I will be back, God willing. I hope you have a great rest of your evening and night and uh, a pleasant uh, time. I will uh, look forward to being with you again tomorrow. God bless you. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. In me.